Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, so grateful for a hardworking team around the church. And um, can we say thank you to Jonathan and the worship team today? That was awesome. So good. Uh, God, God was definitely in this place, and he, he is now as we open his word. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and uh, if you're at home, you can do that as well. And I'm going to give you a few extra verses to write down. There'll be some things on the screen as well. So um, I'm just going to ask us really to focus in on what God's going to speak to us today. I'm going to ask you, if you're watching at home, just remove any distractions, just really focus in on what God has for you. So um, we're going to look at that passage of Scripture in just a moment. Uh, for approximately a year, we've been asked to practice social distancing. And for introverts, I'm sure it's been an amazing year. Uh, for us extroverts, not so much, right? It's been, it's been tough on us extroverts. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you want to order something, but you know it's not healthy, and, but you order it anyway because it's healthy. Last night we went to Culver's to celebrate Luke's birthday, and yeah, we're big spenders, um, but we went to Culver's to celebrate his birthday, and um, you know, they got the butter burgers and the cheese curds and milkshakes, and I'm like, oh, and I got a salad, and I'm watching everybody else eat, and I'm just like, because you, you know it's the right decision, right? You know it's the healthy decision. You know it's, you're supposed to do it, but it's just, it's hard to do. And, and, and for us extroverts, that's what it, it feels like. And when we've been social distancing, um, something's begun to happen in our relationships. It's actually started to create some distance in our relationships. In some cases, we are actually spending more time with loved ones or the people that we lived with, maybe more time than ever, but yet through this moment in time, we still feel distant from them. There's something that we're, we're seeing happen in our society and in studies, and we feel more disconnected than ever before. This can also move into our relationship with God, that when we've gone through a year like we've gone through, we can begin to feel this distancing from the heart of God or from God from us. And I just want to say this as we begin our lesson from God's Word today. Do not socially distance yourself from God. There is no good time ever to do that. In fact, that's quite unhealthy. We're in a series called Activate. Eight things that need to be active in our life. If we're going to follow Jesus, there are eight things that we should be doing week in and week out. We began the first week talking about active love, that we would have a passion for God, that our heart would be in tune with the Lord. We talked last week about being an active attender, that it talks about in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost that people were added to the church, that we're called to be added to his church. And today I want to talk to you about an active devotional life an active devotional life so that we can stay close to God. When I say devotional life, immediately we begin to think of a few things. We think of Bible study, we think of prayer, we think of our reading, our devotional, we think of what we call quiet time, we, we think of these things and sometimes we immediately feel guilty. Like, I, I, I know I should do this more and I'm not doing it. 
and or maybe I'm not doing it like I'd like to do it, and, and, and if you're doing great with God, that's good, but a lot of times people feel that guilt, and I want to say today as we begin, there's no guilt in this whatsoever. I don't want you to feel any guilt whatsoever because God loves to spend time with you, and, and, and that you don't have to do this. It's something like, well, he's going to tell us what we have to do today, and I will give you things that you can do. But we think, oh, I have to do it. It's like ordering the healthy thing at the restaurant. It's like, I know this is healthy. I know I'm supposed to do it, but I, I don't know if I even really want to do it. The story of the Bible is the story of relationship. It's God's desire to have a relationship with you. John Orberg said the, the story of the Bible isn't primarily about the desire of people to be with God. It's the desire of God to be with people. It's not that you and I have approached God and said, God, we'd really like to be with you. No, in fact, we were estranged from God. We were doing our own thing, living our own life, and it's God who reached down, who became flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, who said, I want to be with you. If you have a child and that child tells you that they love you, there's nothing like it in the world. When we go to God and say, God, we love you. There's nothing like that in the world. He loves spending time with you. And I don't want you to feel guilty if you're like, well, I don't do what I should do. Here's, here's, uh, here's a story from Mike Iaconelli. Mike Iaconelli was a pastor. He was a speaker, very popular uh, speaker for many years. Uh, he has since passed away. He had one of the most interesting relationships with God as I've ever heard of. He was a pastor who would literally wake up on Sunday morning and prepare his message. He was notorious for having a poor devotional life. He would sometimes read his Bible all the time and then other times go weeks or months without reading his Bible. Was just, he was just kind of that manic kind of person, and, and he always felt bad about that. And then one day the Lord spoke to him and said, Mike, when you talk to me, I absolutely love it. When you spend time with me, it, he, he said he pictured God saying, hey, Mike, he's tuning in today. He's reading my word. He's listening. He's praying. Look, he's talking to me. Angels, come look. Mike, Mike's talking to me today, and he's so excited. I want to tell you, anytime you go to God, he loves to hear your voice. He loves to see you spend time with him. So there's no guilt in this. God loves it. Even if it's been a long time, I want you to dive in and run to the Lord today. How can we develop this relationship with God? Well, it's relationship, this is the equation I'll give you. Relationship is time plus, plus proximity. Time plus proximity. So we need to have time with God and we need to be close to God. We all have a relationship with God. He's God, we're his children, he's our father. So we have that relationship, but it has to go deeper than that. It has to be close. It has to be together with him. We need the time with him and the proximity with him because you can have a relationship like you can be married right and have that relationship but if you don't spend time together if you're not close it's not much of a relationship and God says I, I want that relationship with you that time and that closeness and we get that through the spiritual disciplines we get that through prayer and worship and reading God's word and attending church there's nothing like it God loves time with you. This past week, we were blessed, Leslie and I, to get away for a couple days. We actually purchased this uh, uh, time, like, 
last year they had the sale because hotels were like going almost out of business. And so these super cheap nights at a resort in Wisconsin, we're like, okay, let's buy those, completely kind of forgetting about it, thinking, I don't even know if we can go, but it's so cheap. We just, let's put it on the calendar. And so I was like, it's like, oh, it's here. We got to, we're going to go. And so I did all the work I could at the first part of the week, and I'm like, okay, we'll finish it up the last part of the week, and I'm not going to bring anything with me. I'm not bringing any work. We're just going to go for a couple days and just be together. And it was wonderful. Maybe not for her, but for me, it was wonderful. It was just like, it was just, <laughs> I'm just having fun. Um, just not to open up the computer, not to, to work on something, not to answer emails, not to be involved with the to-do lists of life, but just to spend time together. There was something beautiful about that. And that's what God wants with you. He wants that time where you lay aside the agenda, you lay aside the to-do list, you lay aside, you know, playing on your phone, and, and, you know, but that you open his word and you spend time with him. There's something about that. Why is it so important? Well, let's look at Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what we're called to do. We're called to have our minds renewed. And that's a very important scripture that has so much inside of it. And you've probably heard it read a thousand times. And so I'm going to read it from a translation you've probably never read before. J.B. Phillips uh, translated the New Testament last century. And he translated it this way. And he said, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship, to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Do not let the world squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your mind from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, and moves you toward the goal of maturity." I love that. Look at that there, that, that, that we wouldn't allow the world to squeeze us into its mold, that we would be shaped and formed to look like this world, but rather that God would remold our mind with his word, that we would be transformed. You and I are called to renew our mind. This is very important. This is what happens when we spend time with God. Our mind is renewed. We practice what we call spiritual disciplines, and, and they are the means to transformation. The, the Bible study, the prayer, the reading of the devotional, the gathering together as believers. We do this so that I go from my old way of doing things to my new way of doing things. I'm not living like the world, I'm living like God. And that's been a part of this message series from the very beginning, that I would not do things my way, but I would do things God's way that I would be connected to his kingdom, to his purpose, that I need to point my mind in the right direction, the direction of his word, that I would let the Bible be my compass, that it would point me towards his kingdom, towards his good and pleasing and perfect will, that, that they would be the, the glasses, if you will, to bring things into focus so that we can see 
clearly that our heart and our mind would be molded and shaped by God and His Word. It says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, seek first the kingdom, His kingdom, and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well, that we would seek His way, His kingdom. All of that comes first and central in our life because, listen, why would I want anything from this world? It's nothing but lies. Why would I want anything? This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for you. Why would I want to serve the kingdoms of this world? I want to serve the kingdom of God. Spiritual transformation is moving from conformity to this world to conformity to God, that we are transformed into His image. And so we put it this way, it'll be on the screen, that spiritual formation, this transformation is this. How would Christ lead my life if He were I? That when I spend time with God, when He focuses my mind, my heart, and molds me and shapes me into His image, how would He live? my life? How would he treat Leslie? How would he treat my boys? How would he treat the relationships that I have with you or wherever, where you go to work, where you go to school, in your home? How would Christ live your life? That's the way to think because I, I need less of me and more of him, right? We all need more of him. We need the Bible to transform our mind, to transform our life. Because if we don't, we've already talked about this in the very first sermon, 1 John 2.16, practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. If you want to live your own way, you will be isolated from God. And I don't want my mind, I don't want my life, I don't want my heart in the wrong place. Scripture puts my heart in the right place. And I get Scripture by reading the Bible, reading my devotional, coming to church and hearing the Word preached, uh, going to adult Bible study on Sunday mornings. I I get it through attending a small group. I I get it through my personal devotions. I need to receive the Word of God because I don't want my mind in the wrong place. I want to be thinking God's thoughts. And what happens is, is that when I put my mind into the Word of God, the the hold that the world has on me is broken because I'm submitting to His Word. And we have to get that broken off of us. Something happens when we read God's Word in Psalm 119, the longest chapter of the Bible, so it's long. Uh, We won't read it today, but... It talks about the Word of God. The whole psalm is about the Word of God. He calls it the law of God, the Word of God. And and it says that that it quickens us in the King James. And that means makes us alive. It resurrects us. It it also is the word for restore, that it restores us or it preserves us. It revives us. That there's resurrection power in the Word of God. And, And so if you read through that psalm, and you can do that this week, you can see that it quickens our eyes, it quickens our ears, it quickens our mouth quickens our hearts, it quickens our hands and feet. Remember what it says in Romans 12, to be a living sacrifice, to give ourselves to God. It gives life to all that, and it quickens our mind as well. So the Word of God comes alive inside of us. 
And how am I supposed to live or even know my true identity outside of God's word? Because if I'm not getting it from God, I'm getting it from this world. And I like what John Piper said. He said, behind most wrong living is wrong thinking. That when my mind is not in tune with his word, I'm going to live the wrong way. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing uh, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I love that. The Bible is powerful. The word of God is alive. It's active. It's living. It's power changes us. It changes our hearts. It changes our mind. It transforms everything about us. There's power in the Word of God. And the same power that's in the Word of God is in prayer as well, because that's another part of our devotional life, right? God's Word, reading our devotional, getting in touch with God and what He's speaking through His Word, and then also that time of prayer, that time of talking with God. And there's that same power in prayer because I'm speaking, I'm living, and I'm praying God's Word. There's so much power in prayer. Look what it says in James 5.16. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, the Bible says the same thing about our prayers that it does about the Word of God. If we are in tune with the Word of God, that our prayers are just as powerful as His Word because we're living, we're speaking, we're praying His Word. And we need this power inside of us, the power of the Word and the power of prayer because there are going to be times in our life, and there are especially times right now, where we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. You know, David on his worst day, when everything he had was taken, was stolen, uh, and, and it was so bad that even his friends were turning on him and wanted to kill him. So even his friends wanted to kill him. And you know what the Bible says he did? It says in 1 Samuel 36, it'll be on the screen, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And that's sometimes what we got to do when everything's falling apart all around us. We got to say, okay, God, what does your word say about this? God, what do you have to speak to my heart about this? And we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Some practical ways to do that. This will be out by Pastor Joel. It's just a, a handout I've given out over the years. It's how to have a 10-minute daily quiet time. Everyone can give God 10 minutes. That's, and that's a great way to start if you, if you haven't done anything. A 10-minute uh, daily quiet time. And so I just break it down. You can read it when you pick it up, but it's just you pray for two minutes. You begin with prayer, give you three types of prayer, different things you can do. Then you read your Bible for five minutes, and it tells you where to read and what to do. I have it right here. You're going to get a devotional in the mail. That has a great scripture and a thought that you can put into this time. And then look up that verse in your Bible and look at the paragraph or the chapter that's a part of the context. And, and so you can study your Bible for five minutes. And then, number three, uh, you just for three minutes, you pray, listen, and write or journal. You just pray and say, okay, God, we've prayed. You've spoken to me through your word. God, what do you want to speak to me now? And, and you just listen to God and then you write it down because you don't want to forget what God speaks to you. So that's 10 minutes, and everybody can give God at least 10 minutes, whether it be in the morning or at night, maybe at lunch, but you can give God 10 uninterrupted minutes of your day to draw near to him, and it will transform your life. It'll renew your mind. On the back, if you want to go deeper, you want to uh, jump in with God, I gave my favorite Bible study. I know there's a lot of different ways to study the Bible, 
This has become my favorite. It's my go-to. I didn't make this up. I, I don't know who did, but it's, it's been out there forever. It's just called SOAP. Um, and it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And that's how I study God's Word. I don't think I've preached a sermon where I haven't used the SOAP Bible study in, in that. And so you read the Scripture, and I give you a whole paragraph on what to do while you're reading that Scripture. Then you observe things that are in the text. You make as many observations as you can about what God is saying in the text, or the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in the text, and then you make application to your life. How does this apply to my life? How can I put this, insert this into my life? Because God's word is for us today. So you apply it, and then finally you pray about it. And you can write your prayer out, or you can pray it, uh, but I give you suggestions for each of those, and that's out on the table. And I'm going to encourage you to, to grab one before you go, because we need to give God time in our life. We need to give him proximity or closeness uh, to us. And again, I'm going to encourage you, if nothing else, you can read our daily devotional in one minute. And I'm going to ask you when you get that in the mail to, to go ahead and open that up and give God that minute every day. And obviously we'd love you to give, give God more, but, but if, if all you got is a minute, that's a great way to do it. So I just encourage you to do that. If you say the Bible's just too big, I don't know what to do, I wrote a book called Simple Bible. I really felt like God spoke to me to write this book about getting the Word of God into people's lives. And so that's available out there. Pastor Joel has that. If you're new, we want to give you one. And there's copies out there. But I like what A.W. Tozer said. He said this, As God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved at once. That's true. When I'm not in tune with God... My mind is pointing in the wrong direction. Everything's wrong. Everything in life is wrong. When I put my mind in tune with God's word, I'm telling you, things just start coming together because he's my source. This world is not my source. God is my source. Uh, there's a, a part of our mind called the reticular activating system. It's RAS for short. It's the part of the brain that God put in there for us to focus on things. And, and so basically what it does is it's, it's the filter of our mind because every second we are bombarded with so much stimuli, all of our senses picking up so many things. And if we didn't have a filter, we wouldn't be able to, our mind wouldn't be able to comprehend everything that we were seeing at once. And so we pick out certain things and our, our, our mind, it's just that filter. We, we need that radar or we would just kind of go crazy with all the stimulus. So a lot of things in our life go unnoticed because of the RAS system that's built in. Let me give you an example of this. So if you're driving and you're heading home from church and you're in your car and you're driving, chances are you're going to drive by a hundred or thousands of cars. I don't know how far you live, but you're going you're gonna to see a lot of cars on the way home. And what's going to be interesting is, you know how when you're driving and you see your make and model of a car, and maybe it's even in your color, and you're like, oh, that's my car, you know? And you've seen hundreds, if not thousands of cars that day, but it's that car that you notice because it's in your brain. We need God in our brain. We need to be spending that time. We need to be close to him so that he can point things out to us throughout the day. So we can be in touch with, okay, God, what do you got for me today? That his word is alive, it's active inside of me, that my prayers are alive and they're active, and that God is speaking in a very powerful way to us. 
I was asking God to, to give me something to illustrate this. And, um, and so as I was driving to church last night, the Lord pointed something out to me that I did not see until, again, RAS saying, God, speak to me, show me. And I was looking for a positive example of this. And um, I'm actually going to share uh, a moment when I failed this last week to see what God was doing. We were away, Leslie and I, and we went shopping one day, and there's a, there's a little store of artists, and I love that store because I love the creativity, I love going in there, seeing everything that they've done, all the work that they, I just love, I love those kind of things. Um, and it's a little store, they, they kind of all own the store, and then different people run it at different times, and so we went into that store. As I'm walking into the store, all of the artist's pictures that are there uh, are on the wall. And there was one older woman, as I saw her picture, her picture stood out. Now, they were all the same. It was kind of like just portraits. So it wasn't something to stand out. It was just like her face stood out to me. I spent a lot of time with Steve Sanson. I've been asking him, would you teach me how to hear the voice of God like you do? And he goes, well, just notice God puts things in your mind. And when you notice something, take notice of that. And I, I took notice of that picture, but I wasn't thinking about God. I was having such a good time. I'm an extrovert. We're out at a shop. I'm going to talk to everybody. It's a great day. So I'm like, oh, that picture, didn't even think about it. When I get to the counter as you walk in, that's the woman checking people out. And so that's two things that I should have noticed, like God was speaking to me. And so God's speaking to me as I'm driving to church last night. You missed that second notice because she was right there. We've never bought anything at the store. Um, it's, it's a great store, a lot of creative gifts, but I, I've just never purchased anything. But I saw a little clay pot that I really liked. I knew where I'd put it, and so I, I, uh, I told Leslie, that'd be a great thing. And she said, I'll get it for your birthday. I'm like, excellent, great. So we take it up front, and she goes, oh, I made that. That's the third thing. Then she says, that may be one of the last pieces you can buy for a while because tomorrow I have surgery on my hands. If I was tuned into God, I would have said, God, from the moment, or to the woman, from the moment I walked in, God had pointed you out and I'm supposed to pray for you. And I totally missed it. And, and I, I was grieving in my car. So much to the point of like when service is over, I just want to drive back and find, and I know there's no way I could find her because she's had surgery. And there's just no way. And I missed that moment. But you know what? God's grace is so good. He said, you know what? When you checked out, she put her business card in the bag, saying if you ever needed anything else to, to let her know. And so when I get home today, I'm going to either email or call, and I'm going to pray with her and say, God told me just, and isn't God's grace good? Like even when we blow it, even when we make a mistake, it's like, okay, Daryl, you are so stupid, but here you go. Here's a second chance, third chance, fourth. took me five chances to get this one. Um, but I don't know about you. I don't want to miss those things anymore. Because God is interested in eternity. He was interested in that woman's eternity. He's interested in your eternity more than he's interested in your today. God wants to be a part of your life. 
He wants to spend time with you. He wants to be close to you. And the best way we can do that is by giving God time in his word, through prayer, being a church, these spiritual disciplines. This is what it is following Jesus. This is the third step, giving him time so that his word and his presence can transform our lives. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? God, I'm so thankful for your grace and your love. God, I'm, I'm so thankful that, that you loved us so much, loved me so much, that you're always initiating that relationship. And God, I just pray um, that we would be people in tune with you, with minds pointed in the right directions hearts that burn with passion for you. God, that we would spend time with you so that we would know you. We would know your word. That we would hear your voice. God, that you can use us in this world to impact eternity. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray that this would be a week where we begin to spend more time with you. That the closeness, the proximity would begin to, to be a part of our life, God, that we would just walk with you as you walk with us. And Lord, I pray that uh, God, as we open the word, as we receive our devotionals in the mail, as we pray, as we come to church, as we tune in online, Lord, that every moment we gather together, we just draw closer to you. Because we realize this is a, a big part of following you. And this needs to be active in our life. So Lord, I pray for everyone listening, watching. I pray for everyone, Lord. that we would be actively having time with you. Daily time, quiet time, devotional time. Give us an active devotional life, Lord. Holy Spirit, keep us in tune with you. Give us ears to hear what you are saying. And use us this week in any way that you want. God, we just give ourselves completely and wholly to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.